Chapter Three of the Silver Bear. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Silver Bear by Edna Adelaide Brown. Chapter Three: The Sunday School Picnic. On the day our story really begins, Lucy woke very early, even before the first electric car came down the hill which it usually did about six. But the sun was already up, and none of the robins had sore throats. If they had, they couldn't possibly have been singing so hard. Lucy listened to the birds just for that one sleepy moment before she was really wide awake. But the very instant she knew that the night was gone, she jumped out of bed and ran to the open window. Yes, the day was to be pleasant, down Elm Street she could see how fresh and green Mr. Sharp's garden looked. Every leaf was wet with dew, and the sunlight fell in slanting lines which made it seem prettier than at noon. Lucy drew a long breath of satisfaction. This was the day chosen for the Sunday school picnic, and had the sky been acting like a watering pot, a good many children in Westmore would have been disappointed. "'Is it pleasant?' Dora asked sleepily. Yes, said Lucy, and we'd better get up. We must help Mother pack the lunch. In a second, Dora was awake and out of bed. The two began to dress in the clean garments laid ready the night before, but the white frocks were not to go on because accidents sometimes happen when an excited little girl is eating breakfast just before starting on a picnic. Besides, said Lucy. We wouldn't want to leave the dishes for Mother to do, and we couldn't wash them in our white dresses. Dora agreed. She was putting on her stockings with great care that the seams should run straight up the back, not twist disgracefully around her slim little legs. Dora was only eight, and Lucy, being nine, was fussy, as older sisters often are, about the way Dora's clothes looked. Lucy was brushing her hair, it really was much harder to manage than Dora's because curly hair snarls worse than straight hair. Dora's was cut short at her neck, and all she had to do was run a comb through it and tie the longest lock with a ribbon on top. This took two minutes, while Lucy had to spend at least ten on hers. If she didn't, Uncle Dan would tease her by pretending it was a bird's nest and reciting a rhyme he had found in a book. There was an old man who said, Hush, I perceived a young bird in this bush. When asked where is it, I said I can't see it. It's four times as big as the bush. Lucy didn't consider this at all funny. And Dora, who did think it a joke, couldn't decide what it meant. When she asked Uncle Dan, he said he didn't write it, so he couldn't be expected to know. This picnic morning... Dora's stockings went on as nicely as anyone could wish, and Lucy's curls fell meekly into place. Both looked happy as they put on their old gingham dresses and ran down to the kitchen where Mrs. Merrill was busy. "'Dora, set the table,' she said, "'and Lucy, bring the butter and milk from the refrigerator.' Mrs. Merrill smiled as she spoke and whisked open the oven door for a peep inside. A delicious, spicy smell came out. "'Mother's making cookies,' Dora sang. "'Mother's making cookies.' "'Yes, for your lunch, Dora, child. Be quick. Father and Uncle Dan must have breakfast.' 
Dora stopped dancing and flew madly about the table, putting forks and plates and spoons in place. The table was covered with a white cloth and stood near the screen door opening on the back yard. A green grass plot formed the center, and flowers bordered the grass. Uncle Dan and Lucy and Dora took care of the flowers. On a June morning it was pleasant to eat breakfast and look out at bees and butterflies making early visits to the Shirley poppies. When Lucy had brought the butter and milk from the refrigerator, she helped Dora finish setting up the table. Everything was ready when Father and Uncle Dan came in. Uncle Dan had been out to get a morning paper. "'Pity about your picnic, Lucy,' he said, solemnly. Uncle Dan was always joking. "'Heavy snow and extreme cold, followed by high winds.' "'Snow!' gasped Lucy, quite horrified. "'Uncle Dan,' laughed Dora, "'does it say so in the paper?' "'Doesn't it?' teased Uncle Dan, holding the paper so she could not reach it. "'Oh, I made a mistake. That was for December 28th. This is June, isn't it?' Lucy's face again became smiling, and Dora looked over Uncle Dan's shoulder long enough to see that the weather corner of the paper said, "'Continued fair. Not much change in temperature.' After breakfast, Mr. Merle kissed the little girls and gave them each a twenty-five-cent piece. "'To spend just as you like,' he said. "'For candy or popcorns, whatever you choose.' "'They don't need it, John,' said Mrs. Merrill. "'The Sunday school provides the car and ice cream, and they'll have their lunch.' "'Dora will find a use for it,' said Mr. Merrill, as he shut the screen door behind him. Then Uncle Dan went to his work, and he gave them each a shining dime. "'They'll both be sick tomorrow, Dan,' said Mrs. Merrill, but she smiled as she saw how pleased the children were. After the dishes were washed, Lucy and Dora made their bed, and Uncle Dan's bed, and then it was time to put on the white dresses. Mrs. Merrill brushed their hair and tied their ribbons, a red one for Lucy with her dark curls and brown eyes and a blue one for Dora's fair hair to match her eyes. "'Do we look nice, mother?' Dora asked, when they were ready. "'If you behave as well as you look, nobody will find any fault with you,' said Mrs. Merrill. "'Now, remember, Dora and Lucy, you must be little ladies. I don't want anybody to think my little girls don't know how to behave themselves properly. Do everything Miss Page tells you.' And if you see anybody who gets left out of the games, try to make her feel happy. You must help the others have a good time, too, you know. You each have more lunch than you can possibly eat, so offer Miss Page some of your cookies. And if there's any child who didn't bring enough, go shares. The Sunday school was to have special cars in the square at half-past eight. It was only a quarter after when Lucy and Dora reached the place, but the cars were on the track, and ever so many children were already seated or standing in groups. "'There's Miss Page!' exclaimed Lucy, happily, catching sight of the teacher to whose class she and Dora belonged. "'Good morning, Lucy. Good morning, Dora,' said Miss Page, as she saw their happy faces. "'Isn't it a lovely day? Lucy, come in with me.' called Alice Harper. There's room in the seat for both you and Dora. 
yes jump in there said miss page all my classes together and everybody has come but mildred lucy and dora climbed aboard the car there were eight little girls in miss page's class and they all thought they had the very nicest teacher in the whole sunday school besides lucy and dora there were mildred monroe alice harper mary barrows gladys parr iris whitman and grace benson alice and grace lived in big houses on the hill and their fathers went every day to business in boston mary's father kept a little shoe store in main street gladys's father worked in the cotton mill iris had no father and mrs whitman went out washing for people or helping them scrub and clean their houses she worked very hard to keep a home for iris and the three younger children iris cannot always come to sunday school and she could hardly ever stop to play after school because she had to look out for the children while her mother was working mildred's father was a conductor on the railroad and mildred and her mother could go into boston whenever they wished without paying any fare because mr monroe had a pass for his family the other girls thought this a wonderful privilege but mildred did not get taken to boston very often before long mr thorne who was the rector of the church came into the square and when they saw him all miss page's girls began to giggle partly because they were so happy and partly because they had never seen mr thorne dressed as he was he didn't look as he did on sundays he didn't look like their minister at all for he wore a flannel shirt tennis shoes and bright blue tie and an old gray suit clearly mr thorne was going on a picnic and probably it was as festive for him to get into old clothes as it was for the little girls to wear their white dresses people's ideas of fun differ mr thorne walked about the square speaking to all the grown people and calling the boys and girls by name the motormen seemed to feel picnicky too and joked and laughed with the boys crowded into the front seats Presently they rang their gongs furiously to warn anyone who was late, and then the long bars on either side of the car were put down so that it wouldn't be easy for children to fall out. Mr. Thorne ran into the middle of the square and looked up each of the six streets leading into it. Then he gave the signal. The bells clanged, the cars started, and the children began to laugh and cheer. End of chapter 3